Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. That time, we have the people. This is Eric from Moana. This is Priscilla Lima. This is Casey Patterson. The story in real time. We're a much better team now than we were then. I'm not looking at just this year, I'm looking at the next four years. You're listening to The Net Live with Barney. You didn't win, so you must not have done a good job. And DJ Ruscha. I have great thighs. It's The Net Live right now. <laughs> Was there really a boom this week? Was there any kind of boom? I'm there's sure no there, boom. I'm sure there was booming. There was more like a boom. It was the U.S. men. World Championships. Yeah. Wasn't a boom. Not for them. Maybe a move. The opposite of boom. It was a move. A, it was a learning experience. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, it was all right. We'll get into it. Welcome to the, the Net Live. That's the show I'm on there right now. The Net Live, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Barnett along with DJ Jeremy Ruscha. Here we are in the home court, the scorching, yeah, hot, toasty home court. It's about to be another 90-plus degree day here at the beach, which is real hot here. Not to mention it's getting humid thanks to the hurricane, whose name I can't pronounce. I don't know. It's Iliad or some crazy thing. We're into, like, the eyes or something with the hurricanes. And it's been, oh, 107, 110 in the valley, 102 in my in-law's backyard yesterday, hanging out at the pool, which, of course, if you have a pool, is just fine. Yeah. But it is a scorching week here in Southern California, and I understand it was snowing Friday in Denver. What? And in Montreal, it's already cold, like bitterly cold. So figure that out. Um, I want to remind people, it's still summer. Yeah, summertime. Well... It's not really. Yes, it is. No, the rest of the country starts to tip over into winter, even now, into fall, September, October. somebody asked you what season it is right now. Here, it's summer. Through October, it's summertime here. And actually, it's kind of permanent summer now. Technically, it's summer still, Kevin. Since it never rains. Yes, correct. And it never goes below 70 here, apparently. Apparently not. Yeah, my wife's favorite part of the show. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. We have some good discussions for you today. Uh, No Kelly Chuckles today. Not sure what happened to her. She hates us. Uh, yeah, is that true? Do you have any paperwork on that? You keep telling me people hate us, and well, I, I never know if you're serious or not. I don't say they hate us. They really say they hate you. Okay. Who, who so, really doesn't like me, Kevin? So let's be clear. Yeah. Let's be clear. Kelly Chuckles, mm-hmm. in reality, mm-hmm. hates me or not? Does not hate you. Okay. Let's be clear about this next one. Yeah. Olympic gold medalist Kerry Walsh hates me or not? I don't know if I'd go as far as hate. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get audio confirming or denying. Oh, when I, the situation. when I speak with her, we will crush you, for sure. Why? Because it's fun. It's fun it's to let you... nice, Jeremy. It's fun to let you... Like, Sean Scott hates you. Carrie Walsh hates you. I'm I sure I can think I can't believe people. Sean Scott. I can't... He's just he turned on me like that. We, we used to be on the board together, and then he turned on me. Yep. And now he works for the company. How, how can you hate me when you work for the company? Maybe that's, that's why. Cool. You make fun of USAB all the time, and he's, he's protecting the shield. Make, make fun of them. 
Oh, man. Really, now, they, now they feel they, that slight of protecting hate, the shield. Now they hate us, too. <laughs> I'm not sure USA Volleyball really has a shield. They're protecting the shield, Kevin. It's more of a wood shield. If I had to put it in Diablo terms, I would think it's more of a, a wooden shield. It's maybe armor class 14 or something, where the NFL shield is like a 400. Is that about right? Sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, shout out to Texas A&M Volleyball, who just started following us on Twitter. Oh, maybe like, that means if I get into my email here... Like, literally I, just this moment. That means maybe it'll work out here. Hold on. <laughs> Oop, and Efforting. De- and Desert Sand Volleyball. I like it. Now, Texas A&M had a hell of a week. They had never defeated. Never. Never, ever, ever? Never, ever, ever. Okay. Never. Ever? Never, ever. Never, ever, ever. Ah, we, we will have uh, Lori Corbelli today of Texas A&M. Look at that. Uh, we will have Lori Corbelli of Texas A&M joining us today on the program. We'll uh, interview her because they had never, ever, ever, ever defeated USC. 0-6, lifetime. Until? Until, with, at least with Lori Corbelli at the helm since 1993, until this week. At SC, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, tournament there. Defeated SC. And I think that I don't see them on the top 25 page here. I was looking. They were unranked, but they picked off two top 25 teams this past week. They also beat USD. That's the University of San Diego, 3-1. So Texas A&M, welcome back into the fold. This is a team that's made the tournament three years in a row. They have managed to do that. I don't know, Jeremy. Uh, They have managed to do that three years in a row. Last year, not a great year, 19 and 12, if I'm remembering correctly. Let me check my extensive notes. 23 and 8 three years ago, 25 and 6 two years ago, 19 and 12 last year, but still made the tournament. Finished mm-hmm. sixth in the SEC, and they've switched conferences. Used to be a Big 12 team, uh, now in the SEC. But they uh, they had a really successful weekend. You pick off two top 25s. I'm thinking you get in the top 25. So we'll await the poll from the ABCA coming up in College Ball Weekly. We also will have Brandon Rosenthal on College Ball Weekly. World Championships for Men are over, but I want to get back to a topic we touched on last week. And I thought, going back and listening, because it was kind of a developing situation, mm-hmm. I felt like we didn't do a great job on the Ray Rice thing. Okay. I felt like we could have done more, but it was weird because it was a fluid thing. And breaking news... Well, that video had just come out that morning last week when we were on air. Yeah, and there was... Oh, right before we were on air. There was no reaction at that point yet. Then midway through the show, they terminated his contract, and there's been a lot happening since with Ray Rice. But now it's expanded, and I get into work on Friday to find out Adrian Peterson has been suspended or deactivated. Now this morning he's been reinstated. He's back. He's not there for domestic violence against a, an adult. He's there for disciplining his child with a switch. And I, some people didn't know what a switch was. You don't go over to the to twig. You don't go over here and pull out a switch from your lamp, correct? Okay, and start beating your child with a metal box that you yes. just pulled out of the wall. Yeah, yeah. Because you're painting. <laughs> okay, that's not it. A switch is a stick, like a willow branch or something. You beat it with a stick. It's a twig, pretty much. Which is some old school, crazy, middle of nowhere Texas type discipline right there. Not cool. Now, in Adrian's defense. Some people were putting out there that this is the way he was disciplined as a child. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a lot of other celebrity sports guys have come out and said that's how they were disciplined as well. Yeah, and you only know what you know. Correct. But then there are some that came out and said that's how I was raised, and but I don't hit my child with 
a switch. I would hope you'd make a different decision. However, I, I at least give them the caveat of you only know what you know with a kid. However you were raised is pretty much how you're going to raise a kid. For the most part, yeah. It will change. It will yeah, yeah, yeah. develop over generations. But if you were raised by some crazy parents who beat you with a stick, the odds are you will go back to that when you're put under the stress that a child provides. But also maybe you didn't think it was crazy. You felt... That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, So a strange situation there with them deactivating him and putting him back. And I, I heard stuff about the amount of injury to the kids and text messages and things, but I haven't been able to find any corroborating articles I, lately. I haven't seen photos or anything, just that he is under investigation for child abuse would be what they would try have charged him with, right? Child endangerment or something endangerment. like that. Gotcha. Something close to that, yeah, but yep. they've indicted him with it. But he'll be back playing. Greg Hardy, on the other hand, for Carolina, had already been convicted earlier in the year of something, mm-hmm. right? And he's still active for Carolina right up to almost game time this week, and then they deactivate him under pressure from women's groups and other things. So Greg Hardy didn't play this week, although they expect him to play in, in future weeks. Ray McDonald is is under the light of, of an indictment or maybe charges. He's a player for the Niners. He's still playing. Even the, the Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom, former mayor of San Francisco, is getting in and saying, you shouldn't be playing. I wonder with a lot of this stuff... Um, Somebody's coming in your front door. Yeah, I don't know. Should I be concerned? I, maybe. <laughs> uh, I, I wonder with a lot of this stuff... Should you be innocent until proven guilty? Shouldn't you be innocent until proven guilty? Yes. Do you know those people walking? Yeah, it's my uncle. I don't know who's behind him. Just making sure. My cousin? Is that a girl? Yep. Okay, it's my cousin. Uh, I I I wonder should you be innocent until proven guilty? Isn't that what the situation is normally? If you are arrested for domestic violence in the middle of the night, yep. Let's say you work for a local company, Boeing. Mm -hmm. Let's say. Mm -hmm. You get arrested for domestic violence in the middle of Saturday night, probably about 3 a.m. Sunday. Yeah. You go to jail. You yeah. get yourself bailed out Sunday. Okay. You go to work Monday. They're not going to suspend you Monday. Right? A normal company is probably. not going to kick you out of work. Probably not. On Monday. But the NFL and all their contracts have what I like to refer to as protecting the shield clause. If you're doing something, whether you are innocent or not... At that time, that is shedding a bad light on the league, you will have to take a break for a little while. Certainly a different job. Correct. At Boeing, if you're a cog buried in a cubicle yeah. or perhaps crummy office without windows inside of a massive office building here, you probably don't matter too much as far as the image of the company goes. Correct. If you're an NFL player, you matter. 100%. But still, should they be tossed? Because you don't know what the circumstances are. You don't know exactly what happened. There are, we've talked about this on the show before. There are crazy people that are male and female. So without, like the Ray Rice situation, yeah. you have video evidence of what occurred. Yeah, yeah, it's not just he said, she said. Without that, what do you really have as basis for that video, taking someone out? Without that video, Ray Rice would have been playing yesterday. Correct. Or well, no, he would have been sitting one, out. Or he would have been more, playing next one week. more game yeah. next week. Correct. He would have been back with the team practicing. Yeah. Um, I think, like anything, there's exceptions to every rule. Like if I got arrested last night for a bar fight, and I'm saying 
it was just wrong place, wrong time. I had nothing to do with it, but because I was there, they arrested me. Would you suspend me from the net live today? And then next week it comes out that I had nothing to do with it. I just was there. No, I'm not going to suspend you from the net live. Okay. Not immediately. Cut, what about cut my pay? Well, we, my we've pay? had discipline we, me. We've had issues with extracurricular activities with people that are, have been on this show. Correct. And again, we've had problems. Different circumstance. Correct. Different circumstance, but even touchier than a lot of this stuff. Correct. So, I just wonder, where's the balance there? Where's the balance between the innocent until proven guilty and representation of the shield or whatever company you're working for? But then eventually you have to get into the talk, too, of Roger Goodell and what his, what his role in all of this is as well. Like, can he just be the judge, jury, executioner for this? Oh, he is people? Judge Dredd? Yeah. All of a sudden he's Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. You know, just to spend people willy-nilly for... Because we do live in a society that you are innocent until, guilt, until proven guilty. We've had incidences with the national team in my time there. Yeah. Where players have been suspended or reprimanded, fined for off-the-field, off-the-court conduct. Yeah. It's happened because they do represent USA Volleyball. Yep, of course. We are not in the same limelight as the rest of these folks. Of course. When, you, when you're talking about the NFL versus USA Volleyball, there's not the same, it's not the, it's not the same ballpark. I'm not sure it's the same neighborhood. <laughs> Might not even be in the same city or state. But it's been brought up. I think it always is with sports teams, college sports teams of all kinds. You represent the university. Correct. I wonder still where, where the balance lies. And I'm not saying these guys should be playing or shouldn't be playing. Oh, no doubt. I just keep wondering where the balance should sit. I, I'm more inclined, without knowing the facts, because I'm not a lawyer in any one of these cases, I'm more inclined to say, look, if, if a person has been convicted, if there hasn't been... Evidence put out there like the Ray Rice situation yeah, yeah, where yeah. you see what happened, you deem that conduct to be unacceptable for an employee of your organization, regardless of whether the DA or the grand jury decided to indict. Yeah. When you see that type of conduct, that is different than just hearing about the potential Correct. conduct that occurred. In the cases with these other players, I have not seen any video. I do not know the details of the case other than what they are charged with. Yeah. You've got to wait, don't you? If if there's if they've been I mean obviously again there are exceptions to every rule but I I feel like until they're actually charged with something you you have to take the wait and see approach because again people can people get arrested for just being in the wrong place wrong time uh, mistaken identities those kind of things happen <laughs> being the wrong race exactly that happens those kind of things happen and then the next day it's like oh sorry our fault. You know, and are they supposed to suspend you indefinitely until they get situated? Or if there are actual charges brought up, then it's like, okay, even though there's charges, you're not necessarily guilty yet, but we're going to let this play itself out. Yeah, I don't think you can have a blanket policy because every situation is different. With the standing of the individual in the organization, with what they've been charged with, the credibility of what they've been charged with, you look at these guys are targets. 100%. Targets. Every for, time they go out for in For crazy people. For sure. For crazy people. Male and female alike, to get them charged with assault, to get them charged with battery, to get them on the hook for child support, yeah. to get all kinds of different things. 
the web of deceit, betrayal, and uh, malfeasance that these guys have to get through every day and navigate every single day of their lives Can't is imagine. incredibly difficult for them and regular celebrities. Who do you trust? Yeah, who do you trust? That's, that's, why, they, that's why they always have, like, LeBron James has a bunch of homies from his youth running his stuff. Now, I've actually read and heard from everything I can gather. He has a couple of guys that are pretty sharp. Yeah. He happens to have known them from when he was young, but they're pretty sharp guys, yeah. and they do a nice job. That's they're not the case for guys. everybody. Yeah, yeah. That's not the case for everybody to have access to people that are actually going to have your best interests at heart. Correct. In, in every situation. In fact, many cases, most cases, it's the opposite. For sure. That they don't have your best interests at heart. They are not competent when it comes to contracts, endorsement deals, how to function on a daily basis with your sponsors and endorsements. But that's why these guys have those people. Yeah. Because you don't know who to trust. Who are you going to trust? And then you're going to get charged, and just being charged is enough to get you in huge trouble. It's ridiculous. Yeah, when they... I don't know, when you go from having nothing to then having millions of dollars and not being able to... Like if ten million dollars in my bank account tomorrow, I'd have no idea what to do with it. I mean, I would oh, could yeah. I could spend it. You could do a couple things. I with could it. spend it for sure, but I wouldn't necessarily know how to go about. Who do I call? Who do I trust? Do I know anybody else with ten million dollars in their bank account that I can call and say, Hey, what did you do with your ten million? How do I invest it? What do I do? What color Ferrari should I buy? I mean, things like that. The important questions, Kevin. You're buying a black one. I know that, obviously. Actually, I'm, I'm not buying a Ferrari. I'm buying Purple. a 1960 uh, something Lincoln Continental with suicide doors. Yeah. Okay. You could buy that now. You don't even have a car. Go buy that now. That's true. I don't have. You I, still the Jeremy car update is there is no update. Somebody yeah. Somebody asked. I think it was on Twitter. Asked about my car update. Um, <laughs> there is Uber, no update. Uber is my car update. I have been so busy in and out of town that I've kind of looked online for some things. Have some places scattered out that I'm going to go look, but I have yet to purchase a new vehicle. I've got a blue one with a wing. Nah. It's got lots of space in it. It's not DJ Ruscha style. You've sat in it. You could you could put a black wrap on it with some suicide doors purple. Nah. Be all set. Nah. There's a new 2015. I could go out and buy that, and we could race. First of all, that's not happening. Damn. Sorry. Plan the word. Your Suzuki sidekick is not my style. Suzuki sidekick. Really? What really? are you driving? That's... Subaru? Subaru. Saab? What is it? STI. Gotcha. You will be the member of a club. You'll be a newest, newest member of the STI club. You've got to wave to people. you got to say what's up. You've got to race them a little bit. When I used to have my Jeep CJ7, it was, it was, uh, we waved every single time we drove by. Yeah, that's a, is that nope. club lame? That club's lame. No, it was, happened before your car happened. I'll tell you that right now. It doesn't matter when it happened. It yeah, just matters if it's cool or not. Copy. A, a CJ7 group Jeep. Yeah. Just, I think the CJ7 is way cooler than your car. Let's just be honest. What was your, what was your like, high sign? No, it was just whatever. <laughs> the doors came off of my did you, Jeep. Did Kevin. you stick your leg out because there was no door? We were yeah. like, yeah, look at exactly. free run. Uh, Matt Gardhoff has a very, very good question. Um, who gets, who gets radio control in the Uber when I'm in it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had an incident with this one. What does that mean? It's in Greece, 2004 Olympic Games. We're getting shuttled around. You go out, you catch a shuttle, they have drivers. Yeah, I'm sitting in the front seat. Without thinking, this is a very Barnett move, too. You touch somebody else's radio? Without thinking, uh, Kevin. I just straight up changed the radio. Kevin. Yeah, not cool. But, but what he was listening to was so bad. 
not really defensible what I did, but correct in the in the uh, manners department. Yes, but but well, that's when you asked politely. Music was terrible. Do you mind changing your awful music? He was really pissed for a while. <laughs> he was not happy. Here's usually what happens when I get in. There have been a couple times where I, I find it entertaining what the Uber driver is listening to. Yeah. Because one time it was uh, Two Short's Greatest Hits. Who's Two Short? Two Short is a rapper from the Bay Area. Okay, first of all, and who his, is he? Secondly, his, how do you have a greatest hit? His favorite word starts with the letter B. Okay. And he, I mean, like... Does he have a, does he have a, uh, a grill as no, well? No, Kevin. No grill? Not all rappers have grills. I know, but if your favorite word is that, I haven't heard of you. You're just random. First of all, you're... Never mind. Don't attack me. I was about okay, to. Okay, too I short. To, I was about too to get short. upset. Yeah. Anyways, there who's playing the person was playing like his greatest hits. Like and not the clean versions. And I just I was not offended obviously, but I just found it interesting that you are in a quote unquote customer service business and you were just dropping too short left and right. Yeah, you yeah, I don't know about that. Usually when I get in they ask what I like and I say whatever you listen to is fine with me. Hmm. I don't want to be in control of the music. How amenable of you. I don't want to be in control of the music all the time. Sounds like maybe this show sometimes yeah. should be that way. Don't Just whatever to. you want to listen to is fine. No, Kevin. It can be all Dave Matthews Band and Love Life. No, because there's other people listening to the show besides just me and the Uber car. Dave Matthews Band and at, live at Red Rocks constantly on the show. Fantastic. Hoff used to get pissed when I put that on. You think? More Dave Matthews Band. Shut that off. <laughs> Are you going to follow up with whoever it is that keeps popping up on this computer as a reminder? Ruining my show? Oh, that's later. I got. It. Actually, I already did that this morning. No, I'm Should have erased it from the calendar. He's Kevin. Yeah, get rid of that. All right, let's take a short break here on the Net Live. Uh, shortly, we will have Dave Matthews Band coming up. College Volleyball <laughs> Weekly. Brandon Rosenthal giving us the lowdown. Uh, we are going to have a special guest, Lori Corbelli. And if you don't know who it is, I had to learn about Lori today. How did we get her on the show then if you didn't know who she was? <laughs> well, once I found out who she was, it was she was on. She you was made, in. You made the, more contact. Re- the more research I did, the more I wanted her to be on the program. She's an incredible volleyball person. You're going to have to wait for all the awards and stuff. I'm not going to give is it all how, away. Is Jeremy. that how you're going to uh, intro her? Yeah, just like that. Ladies and then. gentlemen, she's an incredible volleyball person. Yeah. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll do a little better than that. You'll, probably, sudden, you'll provide some good Dave Matthews pump-up music all over the back. All of a sudden you'll click. <laughs> her hanging up on us. We'll talk about world championships for the men coming up next. Uh, not all bad stuff. They are out, but yeah, there's some good things coming out of it. We'll be right back on the net line.
Jeremy, you're a pleaser. That's what I like about you. You're welcome. People ask for country music as their intro uh, or want to hear some country in the, the AVP Stadium. You give uh, it to them. I mentioned Dave Matthews' band, and you bust it out right away. Welcome. I like that. You're listening to Net Live, ladies and gentlemen, here on Volleyball Magazine. Thanks to them for their support of this show. Also, thanks to 6-8 Clothing Company. It is a new men's apparel company out of Seattle, Washington. You've been hearing about them here on this show since early in the year. We met them at convention in Seattle last year. They design and produce casual clothing for the tall and athletic man. Tall and athletic man in your life could be your husband, could be your brother, could be your son, whomever you know that is 6'3 and above who needs some fashion help. 6'8 is there, and you should check them out at 6'8clothingcompany.com. That's 6, the number 8, clothingcompany.com. They're also available on Amazon.com. This is clothing that when you get tall will still fit to your body and not be a giant sale so that when the wind blows and the air does eventually move here in Southern California and we get some wind, your tall and athletic friend does not sail away because they look like a spinnaker. (laughs) Okay? 6'8 Clothing Company. Check them out. They are fantastic. They have some good new designs out. They're having a sale. We've been posting on our Facebook page on their plaids. They have some very nice shirts and jeans. I wear their jeans personally all the time, but not lately because it's 122 degrees here in L.A. So check out 6'8ClothingCompany.com. Support the people that support this show. World Championships for the men. It's over, Jeremy. And anyway, College Football Weekly coming up. <laughs> so defeated. Yeah. The men finish with a record of 6-3. and three, mm-hmm. And they go down by virtue of their first round performance. You might remember they opened the tournament defeating Belgium 3-2, but leaving a point on the board because this is based on points. It was points and then record. And you get three points for a victory in three or in four. You get two points for winning in five. You get one point for losing in five. We can debate up and down the validity of said scoring, but it doesn't matter because they are using it. The men defeated Belgium 3-2. They lost to Iran 2-3, recapturing at least one point. Defeated Puerto Rico 3-0, then lost to France 1-3, and defeated Italy 3-1. Problem for the U.S. was the advancing teams against whom they had points. They were struggling, so they went on to the next round already kind of behind the eight ball. Talked to John Spraw. Uh, via text and email briefly saying we pretty much have to win out. We were working on having John for today's show, but given the results, I think Team USA probably on their way back shortly. We will get John in here to recap the entire tournament for us, give us his view of what happened on the ground. We will have it for you in subsequent weeks here on the show. But the United States went into the second round already down a number of points. 
Uh, I have to go back and look at USA Volleyball's website to get the exact number here. Uh, but they were sitting at a deficit. John said they had to win out, and you know what? They damn near did it. They beat Poland in front of a huge Polish crowd. Unbelievable. 3-1. And it, it really started with the last match against Italy in the first round. They needed a victory. Yeah. They beat Italy 3-1. Good. Probably, it probably helped their confidence in that match. Yeah, and they kind of got back to playing how they how we expected. Yep. How they had played through World League. They looked good. And you thought, okay, when we were on the show last week, it was, we think that is probably good for the next round. Turns out it was. With that defeat of Poland, 3-1, the United States was off and rolling. So they beat Poland 3-1. They next have Serbia. They lose the first set against Serbia, come back, win 3-1. All of a sudden you're thinking, this can happen. Mm -hmm. They've gone through the hard part. Teams left, Australia and Argentina. Australia, interesting test, because Australia has been playing well as of late, but like the Puerto Rico victory that we talked about the week before on the show, you have to beat them every single time. And I don't want to hear the coach speak about how good they are and about how they really are a challenge. They do some things that could put us in trouble. Go out, be yourself, and beat the living crap out of that team, because that's what you ought to do. If you really are ranked in the top five in the world, if you really are that good, you take teams like that and you destroy them. You should have done that to Belgium. Belgium, good team. Tough yeah. team. Good players. Fine. All the coach speak is accurate. You still have to go out and beat them 3-0, 3-1. So the United States steps out, third match, second round, against Australia. A resounding victory against Australia. So that was good. The Australia victory was 15-19-20. Solid. I like it. So the U.S. is in a situation where they pretty much have to beat Argentina. They lose the first set. Pardon me. They win the first set. 25-19. Lose the second set. 28-26. Win the third. 25-20. They're now up two sets to none. Feeling probably like could have had it. 28-26 mm-hmm. in the second there that they lost. Go into the fourth. They lose 25-23. This is the old, actually the, the match I did not see. I saw a substantial amount of Poland and Serbia. I did not see this one. And then they lose the fifth set, 15-11. Looking at the stats and the match recaps that I've read, it's an off night for Sander and for Anderson, mm-hmm. which means the offense has to go somewhere else. Paul Lottman, who we've been wondering if he could carry the load, I thought Paul Lottman put up some good numbers, yeah. hitting the 400s. There was some pretty good balance to the offense. We had the middle involved. We. The U.S. had the middle involved. Were they off nice, you know, because the other team was blocking, or it was just off hitting percentage-wise? You know, I was looking hard at the to, stats earlier. Hard to tell by just the stats. Yeah, it's hard to tell. The data volley stats, which for some reason aren't linked on here, which they were. Uh, the data volley stats are not linked here. But looking at this and blocks, let's see. Total team blocks. Eh, you know, 10 to 12. Yeah. Points won. The United States actually, with their top guys, 61 points. I mean, the U.S. is outscored by three points for the entire match, 110 to 107. Service aces, seven aces for the U.S., 10 for Argentina. Now, Argentina is like that. They are a fiery, a little bit smaller, crazy, bomb-the-ball kind of team. Yeah, maybe the wind was swirling. 
It's a good team. Argentina is not Belgium or Australia yeah. or Puerto Rico. Yeah. Belgium probably better than those other two. They're not. They're in the top ten. At times, they're in the top five. They've actually, to me, been a huge disappointment that they haven't improved the way I thought they would from 2012. Yeah. They did not have a great Olympics. Maybe they did. Maybe they were kind of going. I can't, it's hard for me to remember all the matches. But yeah. I thought after 12, we would see an Argentine team that was growing. I remember us talking about them. Yeah. Uh, they have Facundo Conte back. That is good. They're still a young team. I think they can still do it. So I think losing to Argentina 3-2, it's okay. Well, with those scores, it sounded like it was just a player or two here and there. Yeah, and you, and you feel like if you're the, the Americans, you feel like you should have won. Yeah. You lose those two deuce sets. You feel like you should have won. 15-11 in the fifth, whatever. Uh, but but losing to Argentina is nothing to be really ashamed yeah, of. of course. Uh, it turns out losing to Iran isn't either. 3-1 loss to France hurt. I mean, this is why we talked about this tournament. Reed Pretty was in here before this tournament started. We talked about how difficult this tournament is, how challenging the schedule mm-hmm. of this tournament is. This was back-to-back matches, Poland-Serbia, back-to-back days. Take a day off. Australia, Argentina. Well, and that's why I felt going into this tournament that I know we had high expectations because we did good in World, whatever the last world, league, the World League was. World uh, League, World Cup, World Championship. World, all, the, all those things where we mm-hmm. won World League. And you know, everybody had high expectations for this, which I'm sure the coaches and players all did as well, too. But we knew this was going to be a learning experience going into it because a lot of these guys haven't played in a tournament like this before. Correct. And you have a lot of young, new guys, and so they have to adjust to that. Um, so I'm sure John will be disappointed in the results, but I guarantee when he comes on the show, you'll hear the words, it was a good learning experience. I guarantee that. This is not a terrible result either. Yeah. Obviously, we want the United States in the, in the third round and even in the final round. And You'd we, like to see that. And do we have we had some of the different players from World League to this, right? A few, but you saw basically the same group most of the time. Gotcha. You saw Matt Anderson, Taylor Sander, David Lee, Paul Lottman, although Lottman for Rooney, Micah Christensen, and Max Holt. So you have Lottman for Rooney. Dave Smith came in and played incredibly. Yeah. Really incredibly against Serbia. Uh, Bravo, Dave Smith, number 20. I like a lot of things I saw from this team. The problem is that the tournament format is not friendly to you if you give up points in that first round. Yeah. You are hurting in the second round. You're already behind. Because it's carryover. Yeah, it's carryover, and that's going to kill you. So that's really what got the U.S., because had they had a little better first round, you beat Poland, Serbia, Australia, you win your first three matches, and you go five in your fourth, that should get you in. That really should get you in. Instead, the United States ends up finishing fourth, just out. So France has 17 points. Poland has 16 points. The only loss for Poland is the Americans. Iran with 15 points. USA with 14. They miss out on Iran by one point. Mm. What a killer. Well, and like Reed said, too, like this tournament, you don't know which is that one match that doesn't put you over the hump. And they're going to look back at some of those points and be like, oh, that was the match. I would say the United States, you cannot have... Expect to have success if both of your top two guys on the outside are going to have off nights. Yeah, that's tough. If one has an off night and Paul Lottman plays the way he did, the U.S. wins. Then you're fine. The U.S. wins. If they both have an off night, even with Lottman playing well in that other spot, obviously 
it's still a struggle. Of still could have happened. One ball here, one ball there. Uh, but it's going to be tough. They need Sander and Anderson to play well, at least one of them, really well, every night. Mm-hmm. And they still need production out of the, that other outside hitting spot. I want to, again, throw out a, a bravo for Poland. Mm-hmm. Because there were 5,100 people at the match between the U.S. and Argentina. There were, I think, well over 10,000 people at the Serbia match. I believe, from what I read, if I'm remembering that correctly. Obviously, the pole off the hook. Yeah. Uh, and I also want to say bravo to the Polish people. You delivered. You showed up. You were there. And your women were as expected. Bravo to you. As they surfed the crowd for good-looking fans of volleyball. To put on the broadcast. To put on the broadcast, it, they did not have to search far. Bravo, Poland. Uh, so the United States finishes with a record of 6-3. and three. So wins against Belgium, Puerto Rico, Italy, Poland, Serbia, and Australia. Losses to Argentina, France, and Iran. I would like to have seen the U.S. face Russia or Brazil. I would like to have seen those matches. You would like to play those matches, yeah. win, lose, or draw. You would like to play those teams again. Unfortunately for the U.S., they will be headed home, and then most players, all players really, overseas for their teams yeah. immediately. So the winner schedule starts now. No rest for the Wicked for the U.S. team. We will get John Spraw, as he will now undoubtedly shut down the USA Volleyball side of things for him, hand off the baton, to his capable assistants, Matt Furbringer and Mike Wall. Matthew Otto Furbringer. Yes. And then go back to UCLA and rein in Brad Keller and whatever Wheels has been doing this entire time. So we will get John Spur on the program. We will have a discussion with him about what he saw mm-hmm. and his takeaways from this tournament, how he feels about next year. I'm going to say right now, and I'll say when we have him, I think it's a successful 2014. I give, him, I give him a TiVo three thumbs up that I'll be putting on my Philadelphia Eagles Indianapolis Colts game tonight. Well, again, even though they didn't win world whatever. <laughs> world whatever. Yeah. I feel like they got better as the season went on and were able to build on all the things they've done this year, and my expectations for them next year will be far greater than they were this year. Not that... I had low expectations, but I had real expectations like, okay, they're new. They're learning each other. The coaching staff is still figuring out who our guys are going to be and who's playing well together. Um, So next year, I really think they'll have their quote-unquote stuff together, and uh, I will uh, expect them to do great things. I agree with you, and I'll, I'll put it down right now. Because of what they've done here in 14. To count 15 next year as a success, yeah, you've got a podium at World Cup. If you're progressing from where you are right now, you've won World League, you're a couple of points and some bad turns here and there away from being in the third round of World Championships. You played some really nice volleyball against Poland and Serbia and Italy. If you are progressing, if you are getting better, which is the goal, is to get better, right? The wins and losses, the wins particularly, are just a representation of you achieving your goal of improving and playing your best volleyball every single time out. If you progress next year, podium at World Cup. 
Okay. Qualified for the Olympics. Yep. That's the first opportunity to qualify for the Olympics. You heard Karch cry a couple of weeks ago say that is your first chance. That is really the first of the big goals here in a quad. Yeah. First of the big achievements that you're going to see on paper qualify out of World Cup, finish top three. Again, a tough tournament. Yeah. Speaking of Mr. Karch, I like to call him Mr. Karch. It's like with kids nowadays. This is Mr. Kevin. Perfect. I have to be because Mr. Barnett is dead. That was my father. <laughs> so, Or Mr. Rocher is just too difficult for people to say. Yeah, Mr. Rochi. Rochi. Women's World Championships, September 23rd mm-hmm. in Italy. The U.S. will start in Verona, the number two ranked United States women. They have named their 22-woman roster, 22 eligible, their O2BIS group. Yeah. Now they will cut that to 14 for the tournament, and they will dress 12 for each event. U.S. will start with Mexico, Kazakhstan, Netherlands, Thailand, and Russia. Those are the first five matches for the USA women. I am hopeful that it will be on television. I am hopeful that things will continue to improve on television. But that will be the U.S. women's first... Not first... I guess, next opportunity to show us what they can do after having a disappointing Grand Prix. Yeah. So maybe the U.S. men who win World League and then don't make the third round of World Championships, maybe the U.S. women go opposite of that and they have a disappointing Grand Prix, come back and have an excellent World Cup. We can hope. Canada also, thanks to... Jeff Wozner for noting this. Canada also out. My friends from the north. They're gone. Bye-bye. Asian zone champion still in. Iran still in. Mm -hmm. European zonal champs looks like they're in. He's making some notes here for us. I I thought he he had a good point here about the USA Cup. Curses of the Cup. In Grand Prix, what was the death of the United States? Cup opponent, Brazil. Brazil. Who know they know each other really well, by the way. Who dealt a significant blow to the Americans in their first round on the men's side? Iran. Who the men played in the or cup in Iran? Tony, we keep talking about Iran keeps coming up a lot. I don't think. And somebody I, I was talking with said this that they thought it was a mistake to play Iran that many times. Why? I don't think so. I don't ever think good competition is a mistake. Does it make it more difficult to defeat that team later? Perhaps. But I don't think it's a mistake to seek out good competition. Having played in a lot of Japanese matches, U.S.-Japan, in preparation for Russia, Brazil, Serbia, when they were incredible, that doesn't get you ready. I would rather have played Serbia five times, one, one, or two, or maybe won them all, or whatever, in preparation for a tournament, than having played Japan. So I don't see anything wrong with the cup. It's coincidence. It's yes, it is interesting, but I would rather have those good matches. Well, and if they didn't want to do that, they wouldn't have scheduled it that way. Part of the problem is volleyball is not that diverse a sport when it comes to tactics. Yeah, it's pretty much execution. Everyone knows what you're going to do more or less. Both that spike. Question is, can you execute it? Yeah. Can you be that good on your side of the net? That's that's one of the reasons I, I really don't like long scouting reports. 
because I think it comes down to execution on your side for 95% of your success. And yes, the difference in the match may be that 5%. I don't think you should get rid of scouting reports, but you've yeah. got to pare it down because I don't think it's worth as much as some coaches think it's worth. It's too much. It's like information overload for your players occasionally, or you can even outthink yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. Co- that's coach's job, especially with the information available today, is just to outthink themselves. And just to, just to sit in a box going, have I done enough? Have I, they're like triathletes. What's in the box? They always feel like somebody else is doing more <laughs> and doing it better. More is not better. More is just more in some cases. Being able to edit that down. We always talk to coaches on this show about editing. Yeah. Being able to edit that, what you're giving to the players, what you're doing yourself, focusing on in practice. Yeah. How many things you are worried about with your opponent. Being able to edit those things is challenging. Yeah. Very challenging. Yep. They should have a whole, and I don't know if the AVCA has done this. Dave Portney, if you're listening, they should do a whole segment on editing. That's what they should call it. One of the, the presentations, one of the, I forget oh, what they're yeah. called, one of the sessions yeah. should be on editing. How do you edit the information coming from you to your players? Yeah. How do you edit what you're focusing on as a coach? When it comes to preparation for the next opponent, how do you how do you do those things? Get some coaches who are efficient at it. How do you limit your own anxiety associated with not doing enough? That feeling of not doing enough. Yeah, I think that that would be interesting. I don't know who would teach it. Yeah, in the coaching world, there's got to be there have to be some good editors out there. No, I'm sure. Find a co- I think that would be incredibly valuable for coaches and coaching development. Yeah. There's my contribution to the volleyball world today. You're welcome, everybody. Yeah. Make it happen. Maybe they don't hate you. It's not me because I don't know enough about it. But the concept, you've got to have somebody out there that's good at that concept. Well, you said and as have a, a session because young coaches should go to that. Well, you said also, too, that as a player, like when they gave you too much information on who you were playing, you're overthinking things. You're like, give me two or three things and I'll go there. I just don't care. Honestly, I don't care. My plan is to be better than you. I will hit over you. That is my plan. Set me, I will hit ball. Now, I probably could have used paying a little more attention at times, being better with the insides of the game. I wish I could go back now, obviously, with my knowledge of the game, but that's just life. Yeah. Life works that way. But uh-huh. yes, my plan was I'm going to improve to the point where I'm unstoppable. And I think that's a good plan. No doubt. I like that plan as a large portion of your time because you can control that. I can't control the other team changing their tactic. I can't control uh, some opposite who hit angle the entire match before and my coach comes in and says, oh, well, all he hits is angle. No, he doesn't. He's on the frickin' national team. Yeah. I'm sure we can give, he can hit the line when we give him the whole give, Yeah, if we give him line, he will hit line. He will hit line. Yeah. Yeah. Be better on your own side of the net. That, I'd like that plan. Yeah. I don't really care about the other side. I can, but you need to be able to glean a couple of other things. A couple well, of things. Well, you need to know what kind of offense they run and blah, 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 blah. I think about the beginning of a match against Iracles with my Belgian team. On the scouting report was every time this one thing happens, they run a back one, they set it. Mm-hmm. First play of the match. I'm in the left front. Here comes the back one. Yeah. I go up big, stuff it straight down. Yeah. We end up beating Iracles at home as an aside to this whole story. Yeah. But I stuff the ball. I look over at my head coach, okay, Andres right Christensen. Yeah. I point at him. He's going crazy. Yeah. Because <laughs> I actually listened for yeah. once. He's like, finally, Kevin. 
There is absolutely that part of the game. But or finally, Mr. Kevin. So much. <laughs> not on that team. So much of of sport. Yeah. So much of volleyball, when it, because it's an execution game, in my opinion, yeah. is on your side. Yeah, I'm with you. It's on your side. It's in your control. Do we have Brandon Rosenthal? We do. Let's put him in. In association with the ABCA, we here at the Net Live love each week because we have the College of Volleyball Weekly, an opportunity to learn a lot more about the world of collegiate volleyball. Because we can only follow so much here, people. So we have somebody that's in the thick of it, our man Brandon Rosenthal, head coach at Lipscomb University. They had kind of a rough week. We'll have to look at the, the rankings, the standings, and see where they ended up. Welcome him in and have him give us his lowdown on this past week of play. Brandon, are you there? I am, as always. <laughs> Indeed here. We can count on you. You know what? It's not going to rain here, and Brandon Rosenthal is going to show up. Those are the two things that we count on here in Southern California, Brandon. That's right. Bring it. All right. Number one, Stanford. 52 first place votes. They remain at number one. At number two, three, four, five are all the same. So Stanford, Texas, Penn State, Wisconsin, and Washington remain the top five. No changes there. Florida State, Florida next. So bravo, Sunshine State. Colorado State, Nebraska, and USC down to number 10 from number six. Coming off uh, a tough week for the Trojans. They lose to Texas A&M. Lori Corbelli will have her on here shortly. 3-2. They also lose to Florida 3-0. What about the Trojans? Mick Haley, suicide watch. I wouldn't pull the parachute just yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, uh, I think probably what's more alarming is that it's at home and they're losing, but, you know, uh, Florida's a great team, and uh, that's a great win by Florida. You look at the sets, they're all you know, deuce except for the one. And then, uh, you know, Texas A&M, uh, it really looks like just a heck of a match, kind of back and forth, you know, a couple of deuce sets, and then uh, obviously the fifth set, you know, we all know what happened. So um, it's interesting, you know, to see uh, some of the SEC right now is kind of, you know, we're tr- everybody's still trying to figure it out, and Texas A&M is, kind of goes in to the West Coast and uh, – picks up a huge win. So uh, props to them, and uh, that will definitely help bolster the top part of uh, the SEC. I've heard people say that the SEC is overrated. They got too many teams in last year. Maybe Texas A&M is on those people's hit list from last year. They were 19-12, and 6th in the SEC, and got in. Uh, how much does this mean for the broader picture of what kind of conference the SEC is and how much respect they deserve or don't deserve? Well, I think the SEC right now is really or should be really <coughs> locked in this battle uh, with the ACC. I think the ACC uh, has quietly over the years kind of just taken uh, their lumps as far as just the media um, and, and most of it driven by you know football. And uh, <clears throat> what has happened over the years is outside of maybe one or two teams in the SEC, uh, the ACC has really kind of outperformed them. 
uh, in the tournament. And so the ACC has kind of been one of these conferences that's saying, hey, look at us, look at us, look at us. And I think this year is the year that the ACC really kind of secures that top, you know, that fourth spot or the fourth best conference. You have, you know, obviously the Big Ten, Pac-12, the Big 12, you know, and, and typically the SEC has been that kind of fourth conference and everybody's kind of been arguing, uh, are they, are they not? Uh, and now you've really got to look at the ACC in that in that spot. So uh, with Florida State, North Carolina, Duke, uh, Louisville, I mean, you just got you know some really good teams. So uh, it should be interesting to see what happens. And not only that, the ACC and the SEC really are, are pretty close geographically. So uh, I'll, this is a, <coughs> excuse me something to watch uh, you know throughout the year. Hawaii and Duke fall out. Also not receiving votes, unfortunately, the Lipscomb Lady Bears this week. Uh, you guys had a few tough losses. Although you faced off with Utah again, that's a, a good match to play. You guys have certainly challenged yourself in the early season. San Diego drops from number 13 to number 19 on the basis of their losses to Florida and to Texas A&M. And Brandon, I wonder with this time of year, we talk about the buildup. It's very quick for women's volleyball to come in. Most, not most players, many players not even in school, some still not in school, and playing volleyball, so much focus on the volleyball. Are we getting to the point where players, players and teams are maybe a little bit banged up, dinged up, and, and not at the top form? Sure, you go through a lot of factors. You know, we've been in school for a while, but I know there's there's a, a whole host of schools that have not, you know, as you stated, have not started school. So, you know, there's a lot of different things for us. You know, dealing with some injuries and things like that. Um, you know, not not to mention when you schedule. Uh, obviously, you're scheduling kind of hoping that. You know, you've got your full squad or your full allotment of players. So now, you know, you kind of, you know, once the season starts. Whatever the schedule says is is what you gotta you know you can't just push a match back or anything like that. So you know some of that is that. Some of that too is you know teams are getting better and uh, you know right now the third week you know as we kind of go through the third week they're starting to have more video on other teams and things like that. So they're able to you know kind of prepare a little bit more and <clears throat> so it, it it's interesting to see you know I love what you know the SEC kind of had did. Or did there with Texas A&M going out to SC, going out to San Diego, really challenging themselves, you know, before they get into conference. That's fun to see, uh, you know, bigger name schools doing that. And we talked last week about that, how important I think that is just for the state of volleyball. Very good. Well, we have uh, the top 10 here. Let's go through, give you the top 20. Southern Cal's in a 10 spot, Purdue at 11, BYU 12, North Carolina Moving up from 17 to 13, good move for them. Oregon as well coming up from 18 to 14. Then it's Kentucky, Illinois, Minnesota. Minnesota still moving up. Arizona State, San Diego, Arizona, Texas A&M, UCLA, Loyola Marymount, Kansas, and Michigan State. I wish we had Vinny for this next question. This is something that came up this week uh, on the Internet. Folks wondering about the poll rankings, and now the ballots are open. You can see who voted for whom and how high they placed them on their ballots. And there was some controversy, if the Internet has ever generated that, Jeremy, I think a little shocker once in a while. Uh, Jared Elliott of Texas, in preparation to play Arizona, moved them up 10 spots on his ballot. That's a big move for Arizona, up 10 spots. And 
I, Brandon, I don't want to get you in the weeds here as far as Jared and his choices, but I want to ask you about philosophy when it comes to rankings. Uh, the 10-spot move was on the basis of a pretty weak schedule. It was the insinuation, pretty weak schedule the week before for Arizona. But what, uh, what basis would you use for voting here, Brandon? You know, this is something that we've talked about at length. This is where I think kind of the state of volleyball is going. And I think more than ever, there needs to be a media poll, you know, a a poll outside the coaches that can really, you know, give folks kind of a barometer here and and really hold the coaches to check. Uh, I love the fact that it's open ballot. And and I would imagine that Jarrett, if you asked him, would have a – you know, a good reason for it. And, you know, Jarrett's one of those pretty straight shooters. So, you know, I don't know what, you know, kind of what he was thinking, but it is what it is. And, and uh, you know, what's interesting, obviously, for a top school like that is, you know, they took care of business against Arizona. So that's, you know, it would be really uh, interesting had they not, but they did and, and moving on and, you know. Uh, they cleared it's, uh, yeah, they clear them out in three. You know, I think uh, <clears throat> there's always some protecting of your name, of your conference name, and, you know, there's. I think there's a good variation of people on uh, the selection or the voting committee. Uh, so I think that that's, you know, good. I think what we need to see more of are – uh, some of these mid-majors continue to get votes and, and things like that. And I think it's going to have to happen because these mid-major programs are beating some of these, quote-unquote, bigger-name programs. And sooner or later, people are going to start asking, wait, what about this? What about that? And so, you know, <clears throat> a move like this is is good for volleyball because people are paying attention and people are – looking at the polls and not just looking at 1 through 25, but they're actually looking to see who voted for what. And, you know, this is where I think kind of the next move or the next generation of collegiate volleyball is, is is a true media poll. And whether that's the Net Live and Volleyball Magazine and, you know, uh, Rich Kern and, you know, these other kind of uh, media outlets for volleyball, I think it would be fantastic to kind of have that uh, checks and balance. Right now, you know, we just have one poll. We have the AVCA poll. And we have the RPI, but, you know, the RPI is just a math formula. So um, it would be a lot of fun to to get another poll, and I don't think it would, we're too far off. I, I think we've got enough media in place that can uh, get involved with that, and uh, I think it would grow our sport even more. I like that. I'm going to put that on a T-shirt. and should sell those at convention. <laughs> the RPI is a lot of words. <laughs> it is. I'm just gonna I'm gonna put that out there. Some coaches might want to wear that. The RPI is just the math formula. And uh, if you really want some nonsensical voting, you should definitely have the net live included. We could really <laughs> we could really shake things up with some nonsense there. Uh, Brandon, next week, tell me about next week, and we'll get you out of here. Well, I think you know you really got to look at Wisconsin. <clears throat> Wisconsin next week has a really tough schedule. They go uh, and play. In in Washington, they'll play USC and Washington, and uh, this should be a lot of fun to see. Uh, Wisconsin 8-0 right now, good wins over Louisville, uh, another good win over Miami. 
good win over Colorado State. So this is a, a real good test for them. You know, I think if you start to look uh, a team that made a, a good move this week as well, uh, you mentioned them, is, is North Carolina. North Carolina takes care of Kentucky this past week in five, and I know a great match there. But uh, they'll play Oklahoma at home. So another interesting match there. Uh, and then the following week they get started with their conference play in the ACC right out of the gates. They play at Florida State. So um, some good teams going after it. Creighton will play Illinois uh, this week. And Illinois is a team that uh, everybody's still trying to figure out. Uh, I know we talked about it last week. Illinois lost to Virginia Tech this week, which is uh, – uh, a bit of an unusual loss. So Creighton versus Illinois, and then um, uh, they also play Colorado, so a Pac-12 team. Uh, so some good matches right there uh, that will, again, kind of move some people up and move some people down and, and kind of clear out that middle area. Um, you know, Arizona State had a, a tough loss against Louisville, and Louisville's uh, a team that uh, everybody's still trying to figure out. They they lose to App State the other day, uh, or two weekends ago, and then they lost to Northern Illinois. Your boy, DJ Ray, uh, Ray Gooden, who's a crowd favorite by everybody, uh, took care of the Cardinals 15-13. So, uh, you know, it should be uh, interesting as they kind of get ready for the ACC matchups as well. Brandon Rosenthal, thanks very much. Rush off to your meeting. We will talk to you next week, undoubtedly. All right. You guys have a great week. Bye. All right. Brandon Rosenthal, head coach, Lipscomb, Lady Bisons, not Lady Bears, as they're called frequently on this program. Checking in, and good luck to him in this next week, getting his team back on track after a rough week. A couple of notes about the ABCA poll. Thanks to the ABCA for their support of the show and the poll. Hawaii not in the top 25 for the first time since the 1992 final poll. Hmm, that's a good stretch. They've been ranked on 99% of all ABCA polls since its inception in 1982. So this poll starts in 1982. Brand, uh, Jeremy, take a guess. There are two teams that have been in the poll ranked 100% of the time. 100%? Since, since 82. Women's? Women's. Nebraska. More, more than 30 years. Very good. Yes. Nebraska. Oh. I'll give you a hint. They're still good. Well, <laughs> my heart says Stanford. Oh, my goodness. Did I get it? You pulled them both out. Yes. We didn't even let you cheat on that. Yes. And Maybe know, you should be voting on and the I know, ABC and media I know poll. I nothing. Or, no, I'm just kidding. Maybe we should have a volleyball media poll, and Jeremy, you could be in it. Look at that. You're welcome, Look everybody. Look at that. 100% Hold for on. Jeremy on his Hold test. Hold on, Kevin. Wait for it. Wait wow. for it. Applause. I dominated. Yes. <laughs> you did dominate. <laughs> you did dominate that. Look at that. Congratulations. Jeremy I feel like I, I feel like I, Hold on. He's out, ladies and gentlemen. Jeremy Roche has left the program. He's left on a high note. He can be seen this afternoon eating a Snicker bar with a knife and fork, a la Costanza. <laughs> Never, ever have I eaten a Snickers bar with a knife and fork. Piece of pizza? Yes. Yeah, has to. You have to do it in some cases. When it's too hot. And if you're eating deep dish Chicago, you can't, until you get close to the crust, you can't pick that thing up. I don't do deep dish. It will burn your face off because as you bite it, it will go up and touch your nose. It will destroy you. Yeah. You don't eat deep dish? Mm-mm. Have you had it ever? Yeah. I am more a New York style pizza fan. Thinner crust. Thinner the other way. Don't get upset, Kevin. I know you're from Chicago. You're kind of embarrassing yourself right now. <laughs> if anybody's embarrassing themselves on the show, we know it's not me. 
routinely, it's me. But right now, it is not. Just saying, bro. You don't like deep dish pizza. You probably hate America, too, don't you? Totally. <laughs> That's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Kevin Barnett and DJ Jeremy Rouchet, the communist, here yeah. hosting the show. Yep. Totally. Very good. Let's take a, a couple-minute break here. We're going to be right back. We still have Lori Corbelli coming Ooh, up. Who you obviously apparently never heard of before. Never heard of. No idea who she ever was. As Dustin likes to Just say kidding. on the ABB tour, she respects the game. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're going to learn a little something here with, uh, with Lori. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk to her. Texas A&M coming off a really nice week of volleyball and seem to be back on the winning track that they've been on for a, a number of years. Yeah, 23 victories three years ago, 25 two years ago. Those are big numbers. We will talk to Lori here shortly on the Net Live. DJ Jeremy Ruscha and Kevin Barnett back in a moment. Jeremy, why are you wearing red? Outside the day we met Blue was the color of skies the day she left Short was the time we had It was the best Cause long was the nights we spent with no rest I met her on a Friday She left on a Monday Wrote me a letter Said she hoped to see me someday We had a good time I can't deny that You could be my sunshine Every time you fly back Yeah, she left in the morning, done without warning Fun while it lasted, lost in the moment She played me real good, took me for a ride Now she's off fun and never playing back to realize Yeah, she dipped out, smoked on my weed and she flipped out Left in my slumber, waited till I passed out And on my dresser was a paper and her number I filled it up with grass and I burned it for summer Now my sweet summer is gone. My sweet summer is gone. 
Summer's not over, Jeremy, just in case you were wondering. I wasn't. I told you that at the beginning of the show, just because it's after Labor Day doesn't mean summer's over. Well, I, I guess I should stop wearing the white pants that I've been wearing yeah. for Labor Day now. Stop it. Welcome back to the Net Live, ladies and gentlemen, here on Volleyball Magazine. Thanks to Volleyball Magazine for their support of the show, as well as 68 Clothing and the ABCA. Uh, Jeremy, you recently uh, gave me another reason to believe that perhaps you're communist because you hate football and you gave uh, me, boy. but you were kind enough out of your your socialist leanings yeah. to share with me yeah. your copy of Madden 15 that you were given. Correct. And you said, hey, what system do you have? And I declared you hero to my children. Yes, you're welcome. So thank you very much for that. I was a little disappointed when I walked in today, though, and I didn't see the bronze statue of me outside my front yard. <laughs> on order. Okay. Uh, but we have Madden 15 here, at which, which begged a question for me. We've talked about volleyball video games on this show before. Mm-hmm. We've kind of gone through the gamut. Super Spike. They've had them. Yeah. Super Spike Volleyball, the old stand-up that I used to have in my basement, thanks uh. to Josh Crozier. He still has it. It would be an epic one to have for the show. We, yeah. If we get a studio space, I'm going to make sure Josh gives us that okay. video game machine. Uh, we've talked about all the different volleyball games that have been out there. There's been the Extreme Beach Volleyball, which is pretty much uh, cartoon pornography with volleyball, which I don't know how you match those two up, but that's basically what it is. Triple okay. X Hardcore Volleyball. Really? Awesome. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why those two Why things? Why have to be hardcore? Yeah, I don't understand. Uh, but Madden 15. Yep. Madden has been the franchise. How about for volleyball? If there was a Madden for volleyball, whose name would be on it? Like the very first one. What name would it be? What would the franchise be named? Instead of Madden, who would the franchisee be? What what name would be on it? Karches. Really? 100%. Karai? Yep. Karches Volleyball 15? It'd be Karai. Karai's Volleyball 15? Yep. You like Karai over Karch? No, I like Karch better. But if we're going last names, you couldn't go John 2015 for But people Madden. can't even pronounce it. It'd be like Corrali. So they have to say Karch. Corrali. You go Volleyball 15. You go Karch. Karch 15? Yep. But Gabby? Gabby 15? Would it be a women's-based game? No, it has to be a men's game. If it was women's-based, it'd be Carrier or Misty. Well, okay. That's true. It'd be Carrie's Beach Volleyball Gold. There you go. In parentheses, I hate Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be a... There'd be a part where you could like spike balls in a in a duck. We have a couple on like a carnival type thing. Yeah, we have a couple on. But Madden was a coach, right? As guest seventeen hundred pointed out. Okay, so good point. Could, guest so, seventeen hundred. So it could be Beal. Beals. Yeah. Okay. Doug Beals Madden. Yeah. Or Doug Beals Madden. Doug Beals volleyball. Yeah. Okay. A few years. If John does well, you could change it to Spraw. Spraw. Spraw fifteen. Or they might think it's. Disney might sue. Peru? Disney might sue us because uh, they think it's a pirate video game. <laughs> okay, Beal. I like Beal. We can, you can call it Beal. Karch if it's a player. Okay. If it's a women's game, it would have been until the last few years. It would have been Gabby. Why though? She's not even involved in the sport anymore. Doesn't matter. Neither is Matt. Ask someone to name a female volleyball player until the last few years, last ten years. It would have been Gabby. True. Even though she hadn't played in 10 years. And didn't she only play fours? Yes. And in college. Okay. I want to stay in Florida somewhere. Okay. We're going to get Gabby on the show. We're going to have her on here. But if it's Beach, though... You thought I had a crush on Jen Kessie. 
I'm, no. I'm married. I can't really have a crush on her. I, I was not married at the time I met Gabby. No. Oh. So it was a legit crush. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so not even not even in the same Did you try to give her a high fiver? And she was like, eh. So there was, there was NFL uh, football yeah. and indoor USA volleyball. Yep. As the comparison earlier. Yeah. Same thing. Gabby is the NFL. Here's Kevin down here. Gotcha. <laughs> she was big time. Yeah. Mikey, sponsored athlete everywhere. Each. As okay. Guest seventeen hundred pointed out, we didn't have to be a beach coach. As opposed to Beal. Who how is that gonna happen? There's some beach coaches out there. Guest seventeen hundred. <laughs> could it be guest could it, could it just be guest seventeen hundred instead of his real name? <laughs> guest seventeen hundred seven? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. Well Okay. You'd have to go back a ways then. Give, give me a beach coach who it would be. You have Tyler. The brand now. <laughs> That's recent. <laughs> he can't have his own video game without more than a couple of years of coaching. Uh, In that case, it's Lamborn. Yeah. Who is? Uh, oh, I'm totally blanking on his name right now. Carrie Missy's coach for their first couple of Olympics, or at least the first one, and through their big run. Former beach player. Oh man. His father's in the beach volleyball hall of fame. Yep. I can see his face. Selznick. Jeez, man. <laughs> Dane. I did so good with the indoor stuff earlier than you think I'd be better at the beach stuff. <laughs> Dane Selznick. Yes. Selznick's... Be- you know, and that would go back all the way to his dad, too. Or would it be Chamberlain's? Yeah, <laughs> Because he was exactly. a player, though, not a coach. Okay. Okay. I'm just waiting for somebody to come up with a good volleyball video game. The best one that I've played... What happened to uh, Dan's app? I still have the app. I played the app. Yeah. It's Okay. But it's more of a carnival game than it is a volleyball game. Correct. No offense to Dan. Congratulations to Dan and his wife, beautiful wife Ivy. New baby. Everyone healthy and happy. Excellent. No addition to the fam. The feather. The feather is now a grandfather. Nice. Uh, Yeah. I'm waiting for a good game because the best game that I've played, the stand-up one is really good. It's beach doubles to 10 rally score, which... Makes about as much sense as the other 55 different ways they score volleyball. Well, with the new gaming technology, you could put, like, on a suit, instead of using remote control, like, I can be Phil, and I can just jump up and reach. Did you ever play the one on Xbox when they first launched their their interactive one? There was a volleyball game in, the, like, their sports pack, but I've never played it. Oh, yeah, it. it's not... Uh, I think we had something volleyball. No, we didn't have volleyball. This was when Xbox put out their thing. I think we had one of those, like... Didn't come with it, though, but it was another multiple sports thing on it. Anyways. I remember a basketball thing, but I specifically remember Xbox, but I never got to play it. Yeah, huh. And it looked corny. It wasn't licensed. It, did, it was cartoon characters, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm still waiting for a good game. The best one on a home system that I remember is Genesis, Sega Genesis, Super Spike Volleyball with more or less the 84 Olympic team. Terrible graphics. Oh, yeah. You could run combos if you really knew how to operate the D-pad. <laughs> you could... You could get hit in the head in the back row, and you'd be dead bug style. Nice. And the guy wouldn't get back up for the rest of the rally. He'd just lay there. He's just knocked out. Yeah, it's unacceptable. you got to get it. Don't touch your face and get up and make the next play. Pre-concussions, so they just left him out there and played. <laughs> they, they did. You, you didn't take him out. He yeah. just laid there dead bug, and then he got back up. Well, speaking of uh, liberos. Yes. This libero got back up several times. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M's most famous player, Stacy Sakura, was coached by this woman who, after winning the Division II national title with Texas Lutheran, spent six years on the national team. 
then turned her focus to coaching. She's an 84 silver medalist, named a Flo Hyman all-time great player. She's also received the George L. Fisher Leadership in Volleyball Award in 2002, more than 500 wins as a coach. She was a part of the Major League Volleyball that was around in the late 80s, the 87 MVP, 89 All-Star MVP, 500 wins as a coach, 400 of those plus, plus 450, I believe, coming at Texas A&M. Please welcome to the Net Live, Lori Corbelli. Lori, are you there? Hi. Hey, thanks for calling in on such short notice. Yeah. I was through the, uh, the scores from this past week and the results, and I saw, look at Texas A&M picking off two top <laughs> 25 teams. How did you get your team in this kind of zone, and what kind of superstitions do you now have about the preparation you have to apply this week? <laughs> oh, you don't want to know what I, what I was expecting. I mean, just not even having a real very good idea at all of what my team was going to be capable of out there. You know, with I start two freshmen, a setter and a right side, um, yeah, they're they're really strong freshmen, but still, you know, not being tested, not really knowing what, you know, how they're going to keep their composure and everything, and then returning a lot of other attackers, but no back row players. I graduated five seniors, four of whom played in the back row a ton last the last few years. So I just thought our passing and defense was going to be horrendous, and I, I really didn't know what to expect. But the way the team came out and just, showed such great composure. You know, we had matches where the two matches where everybody really played what to, to the level they're capable of. You know, maybe a couple a little bit over, maybe a couple a little bit under. But in general, as coaches, we always see the opportunities are there, but then we'll have a player or two that just were, they disappeared for whatever reason, and uh, especially in college. And we had two matches back-to-back where, just about everybody kind of maxed what they can do, and I that that made the wins. I mean, it, we just made fewer errors than our opponents, to tell you the honest truth. <laughs> yeah, that's fun to watch when your team performs to the level that that you hope that they can. Shelby yeah. Sullivan, your junior middle blocker, named all tournament, as well as Stephanie Eiffel. I hope, hope I'm saying that right. A it's freshman. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. Uh, setter opposite, also named All-Tournament. You mentioned the, the diversity of your team. You have just five upperclassmen, only two seniors. Is this yeah. a balanced act for you with the, the different ages of the team? Well, you know, it is in, a, in some ways, but we've just been fortunate that, you know, Sullivan was also is also a leader, uh, a captain of the team, you know, a, hands down elected as the leader of the team. And people will see us play for the first time and go, we can tell who the leader on your team is. She's she's just phenomenal at getting the team together, not worried about her game, but really giving all she can to the team. And, you know, puts the team on her backs a lot of times and just uh, most of the time. And so I kind of credit the – I do credit the leadership on the court uh, with – just having the the freshmen buying into what we do in practice every day and, you know, just how how we do things with Texas A&M. And plus, you know, Stephanie Ipley, our setter, was an Under Armour All-American, and Ashley Reeser, our right side lefty, was the MVP of the Under Armour All-American game at the Final Four last season. And so they both are really talented kids. They're just – they. Both happened to be Texans, an Austin kid and a San Antonio kid who got recruited nationally but decided they wanted to stay close to home. 
and um, we were lucky and fortunate enough to get them, and they're making a huge difference in our program right now. Yeah, and Stephanie, her aunt played for Texas, and she was her coach. You managed to steal her away somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess Texas can only take so many, and they're pretty much they, – they decide – we all kind of decide really early. They've been committed for two years, you know, so yeah. the way recruiting works now, yeah, you know, if Texas was full or if they – I know that Reeser looked at Texas. I don't know if Ipley did, um, Stephanie, even though her, her, her aunt did play for Texas and is actually in the Hall of Fame. Diane Watson, um, and you know that's. I think she just um, came to A and M on a visit and just really found something that fit for her. You know, it's always it's all about the fit and all that stuff. So anyway, we feel really fortunate, and the Texas landscape from junior volleyball is just incredible. It's grown so much in our state that it's becoming now because they're at, they're committing so early. We get those opportunities to have them come to our campus. Some of the best kids in the country. So I don't know. I think the the landscape is changing a little bit, and it's it's benefiting us for sure. Well, you've seen a lot of change. You were hired in '93 at Texas A&M after beginning your coaching career, after your mm-hmm. playing career uh, in the '80s, and the team had never won 20 games until you were there. By 96, you guys were in the national top 10. And how much have you seen in the way of changes in, in the recruiting game? You mentioned how early kids are committing. Mm-hmm. The, it's obviously seen a ton of change, but what do you think the effect is? Is it good or bad? What's the overall direction when it comes to the experience for the players, for the coaches, and everyone who's involved in this endeavor? Well, I think a lot of it is kind of who you ask. You know, we back in the day in the 90s and early 2000s it was it was so much easier to build a rapport with the kids and because we were really not contacting them until their junior years and then we would have them come on visit official visits where we actually had to spend money to get them on our campus and and host them and we would do home visits you know back when we would go to their homes during the summer before their senior year and get to know the families kind of see how they lived get to meet siblings it, it was a totally different type of recruiting. And so now that it's you find a kid with you're out watching in, in a gym and you see the talent, you don't really know very much about them. And you hope that they will come visit your campus on their own dime when they're sophomores in high school. And I'm not sure, honestly, that that's really the best way to go about it. I, I tend to think the whole purpose of why we recruit is is finding a kid that's a great fit, that um, values what you value in your program, and, you know, all those things. And we got to find those things out earlier back in the day. And so yeah. at the same time, it's, it, you know, on us, we're not out there doing home visits, and we're not out. We don't have to worry about official visits during our season, which take up 48 hours of intense recruiting while you're usually coaching as well. So I can honestly say it's, it's in some ways it's a lot easier now. It's just harder to get them to come visit your campus, if, especially when you're a college campus that's in a college town that's not easily accessible, you know, if, and they're not from your state. They have to kind of get in the car and drive it or get parents to dole out the money for a, fl- a flight and bring a, pa- a parent with them often. And so that's, that's the thing is you're seeing so many rosters now be so regionally focused for most teams that kids could just drive there and visit and, and maybe visit more than once so that they can get to know what's going on in the program. It's hard to say which is better. It's always changing um, from rally scoring to libero to the recruiting. I, I feel like I you know I co- used to coach in the West Coast Conference and then the Big 12, 
um, and now the Southeastern Conference. It's gone from the West Coast all the way across to the East Coast. So I feel like I've I've seen the sport grow and change throughout, you know, just in a wave through the country. It's it's pretty cool, I think, to think about it that way. I was, uh, you know, 29 years now coaching, and so um, it's it's impossible for me to even name all the changes. But I really like the fact that it is changing and that it's continuing to kind of evolve. I just feel like eventually it's going to get closer and closer to be like international volleyball. And that would be, I think that's kind of a goal in some ways, other than the fact that there's so many players in college that need that opportunity to play. Um, And when you don't have many subs, you don't really get that. You know, you just, you focus on six, seven players and that's it. You know, you mentioned College Station and its location. Uh, I haven't been out there, but I understand it's fairly remote. Uh, what's the funniest reaction or statement about coming to your college that, that someone has made, a recruiter, a parent has made? <laughs> well, you know, back in the day when we did bring them in, we'd bring them in for our midnight yell practices, which happen every Friday night before a big football game. And we would also have volleyball on those weekends on Saturdays, sometimes Friday nights, sometimes Sundays. And so... You know, everyone on campus here says howdy when you greet someone, when you meet someone. It's just it's just the the way you greet someone in, in our town. And so that's been the most – it sounds really hick to so many people, but it's really done in a very friendly manner and a very welcoming manner. And it's – I think people comment on howdies and on Midnight Yell, where the campus is lit up at midnight and 50,000 people show up at the stadium to practice our yells, which we only have eight or nine, but we have to practice them um, before <laughs> a football game and before before any of our events. So it, it's got quite the traditions, and, and all of them include all the student body and so that everybody can feel like they're a part of it. And uh, – so that's kind of those are the comments. Mostly is howdy. It sounds so so southern and so backwoods, but it's it's just a friendly phrase that we use here, and we kind of do it for in fun. But but especially the core cadets when they're approached, they always greet you with howdy, ma'am, howdy, coach, howdy, whatever, and it kind of catches on. And we just I greet my team every day, oh howdy team, and they go howdy coach, you know, and it's just for fun. You wear cowboy boots to practice. No, I don't even own a pair. You know, I got a pair in 1984 after this, this, we won the silver medal. We got to go on a, a trip to New York and Washington, D.C. and Dallas, and we got to go to South Fork Ranch, and they gave all Olympians, the medalists, got all got a, a pair of cowboy boots. That's the only pair I've ever had. Oh, fantastic. I promise, and I don't even have a hat either. I don't have a cowboy oh, hat. Oh, no, what? <laughs> Well, hey, we're talking to uh, Lori Corbelli, head coach at Texas A&M here on the Net Live. And, Lori, you're fortunate enough, or maybe unfortunate enough, depending upon the day, to coach with your husband, John Corbelli, who was an assistant uh-huh. on the 84 women's team. And we've talked to other uh, husband-wife coaches on this program, and it, we've asked them to give us the good and the bad of it. Uh, <laughs> is it more good? Is it more bad? How do you guys parse the, the stresses and the situation of working together in such close proximity? Yeah, yeah. Oh boy, that's a whole nother year the whole long. Show. <laughs> I, it's, you know, it's he's so good at what he does in the gym with with training the team and his insight, his experience. He's so good at it that I have to remind myself of that on the days that I'm ready to 
strangle somebody and yet him he he's the same way he we just have to remember that we feel like we make a good team we our strengths and our weaknesses really balance out each other um you know i i personally think the hardest thing is who gets the final say because the administration wants a head coach named and so i feel it's my responsibility to i do all the promotions and I, you know, I'm the face of the program, essentially, and I have to go to all the administration. I'm the one that gets told, you know, you you win or you're gone, you know, and yet when we run the program, we run it together. It's, and, and so that, you know, that part's very stressful for me. And yet, you know, I don't think I'd be very good as if I didn't get the final say, because I'm really stubborn and I really know uh, he's a lot less stubborn than me, but he's, He's also got his, his way. Um, it's a lot of fun when we win, and it's hell when we lose, you know, just to tell you the honest <laughs> truth. It's no fun when we lose. And we'll disagree on why we lost. You know, I think this happened too much, and I think, and he'll think, well, this position player, these guys need to get this better at this. And we could argue for hours over what needs to improve, but we know in general we have to improve. Um, it's but the times we win and the team is just laughing and we're having a ball and we see it all pay off, you know, all the other stuff is forgotten and we remember why we do it. And we also know that we're near, we're, we're over halfway through with doing this together. So, you know, the days that are really hard, I keep thinking, okay, we're not doing this another 22 years. That's for, for sure. So we're at least halfway <laughs> through the tough times. Um, so I don't know. And, you know, I know what he's going to say before he says it. He knows what I'm going to say before I say it for the most part. So we can nod and just shake our heads a lot and just nod and agree and, and just keep things cool. But, it, yeah, he's really he's just really good at what he does for the, our program. And I have to, when I'm, when I'm ready to say, what the heck are we doing, you know, I can remember I have one of the best for what I need in my program. So well, this that's how it works. Good. This must have been a good week around the dinner table for you guys. It was a good week. Team. Yes, it was. You beat US <laughs> oh, until we argued about blocking. That's the other thing. Yeah. Oh, you still argue about <laughs> Oh, heck yeah. We argue about anything we can think of. <laughs> it's you guys crazy. I have to tell you that. You have to laugh to keep from screaming, you know. We're going to put that on a T-shirt, Jeremy. You know, start <laughs> being printed right now. Being printed. We'll put on the RPI is just a math formula, and you have to laugh to keep from screaming. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> T-shirts made from today's episode. I like that. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Laura, you but had guys was... over USC. That was your first victory uh, over USC. You guys were 0-6 going in. Were you aware of this? How aware of that record were you? Oh, boy, I don't know. Whenever a top team wants to schedule us, I just grab it. You know, I think it's the way you, the way you should do it. You just need to play the best to become the best, to go against the best, test yourself against the best. And so... Honestly, I knew that I don't think I realized that we had never beaten them. I just like playing them. They were here. I think we went five. Um, we went five with Florida last year when they were top ten. We lost. We were up 13-12 in the fifth and couldn't close. You know, we just want to play. And they're in our league. I get that. But whenever we can play that, that level, um, I'm, you know, and Mick's always been just a great supporter of John and I and our program and he, he's already offering, you know, when can I come out to y'all again? It's So it, it works out great. I wasn't aware that I, I didn't even really pay attention to the record, but now that I know it, 
it makes that win even sweeter. But I, I do know, too, that they're just a really, really good program. They happen to have 28 attack errors, and we only had 15. You know, so you can't, it's hard to win when you make 28 attack errors for any team. Right. And it's And with rally scoring, it, it can happen so quickly. I mean, I'm certainly not coming back going, oh, man, we just, you know, we're going to the Final Four. We just knocked off. You know, that's not how it feels at all. We... We just we had a great weekend. We played error free or relatively more than ever before. We also have a new feel of finishing. We we focused a lot on I just feel like my teams in the past have had some really good talent, really strong position players for the most part and we'll get to a certain level against a great team and then we can't finish. And Gosh, it's happened in sets. It, it, we went to Kentucky last year, and for some reason, Kentucky just has our number. We went there. We were at, we got to 23 first, all three sets, and lost 25-23, 26 24 You know, yeah, and it's just it's just blatant in my face. We aren't finishing, and so that's been a focus of ours all spring, during the summer when they were doing their lifting and whatever they were doing with strength and conditioning. And then when we reported in the, in the preseason, and we make them finish every drill, and then we want one more perfect one in that of whatever we were doing. One more perfect. Not it wasn't perfect, start over. And we've just gotten to the point where they've learned we have to we have to get this done. This is the I don't care how it looks. I used to care a lot about how it looks. I could care less now how it looks. I just want it done you know and i'm i think in my old age i'm getting more more and more impatient with not being able to complete it when you've done a beautiful job up to a certain point and this group is finding ways to complete it and that's just a great feeling i think some of its leadership i think some of its um talent at you know really strong talent at the barrow and the, the setter position the first two touches on your team quite often or most of the time um that's huge and then attackers mindset you know we've really worked hard on the attackers mindset and i'm i don't know with rally scoring they used to be afraid to make a, a mistake that was that was the big complaint from all the coaches you know gosh they're serving like wimps because they don't want to miss and it it took this this game i think some years to really get players to be willing to be aggressive again and risk making a mistake and giving up a point. And uh, I think we're starting to benefit now after just all these years of figuring out how to, how to change the way you think about, you know, going aggressive in, the, in a rally score game. Do these kids know who you are? I mean, one of the pleasures of this show is that we get to research people and meet new people in the volleyball world all the time. And <laughs> I wasn't aware of your playing career and, and your coaching career afterwards. And it's fun for me to go through and go, oh, look at all the, the neat awards and neat, mm-hmm. neat things that Lori's accomplished in this sport. Do, do the kids have any clue who they're dealing with? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. No, you know, not really. You know, they they just say, I wasn't even born yet, or, you know, I was negative 10 when you played in the Olympics. <laughs> and, and, you know, um, bun huggers? What are bun huggers? And what, they make fun of us more than anything, and we make fun of us, too, just how old uh, we what, are. Even Sakura, are who was huggers? in the, the 90s, used to make fun of me playing in the 60 Olympics, and then she'd go, oh, wait, it was 70s or 80s or something like that. And so <laughs> it's really just kind of... It's from pictures. They know us from a few pictures. Is that you, you know, in a photo from the 80s? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't really think – I think they think we played with nine people on this, on a court. We have to convince them we didn't. So it's 
it's in their minds, you know, it's just so long ago that, you know, I, I don't know. I think they, they do have a lot of respect for us. They're, they're a very respectful group, and I get a lot of yes ma'ams, and we, John gets yes sirs, and a lot of that's just our culture here, but also they, they do respect us a lot. I just don't know. They've never seen us play, and so they don't really know what that means to have those awards back in the day, you know. They don't know that they're dealing with the San Jose Gold Diggers MVP. <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, that was Great so much volleyball. fun. Do you know that was more fun for me to play Gold Diggers almost than to play on the USA team? I mean, it was really it was an honor to be on USA, don't get me wrong. But I don't feel like I was as good when I played on the Olympic team as I was when I played professionally. Uh, the Gold Diggers, oh, my gosh, we had so much fun. And, and I think I could relax and really enjoy the game more. And so that was my own issue. I, could, I didn't relax around Selinger very much at all, trust me. I was, <laughs> I was uptight as all get out. <laughs> I know it. I still see him today, and I'm like, oh, he, he, we actually took our team to Japan. And they, he was training his team, uh, Daie, back in the 90s. And right. my team was on the other court, and I heard him call my name, and I, I went running. I left my team drill. I was running a drill. And I hear, Lordy, come over here. And I was like, oh, my God. And I took off running to Selinger, like, am I in trouble? What have I done now? I mean, it's just, it was just response, you know. He scared the crap out of me. And yet I learned so much from him, of lots of what to do, some things what never to do. But, um, you know, I, I just I loved the gold diggers. I had more fun with that group. And uh, anyway, that was too bad when that league fell through and that we can't get a pro league going again because there's some awfully incredible talent in, in the United States. There certainly is. Uh, Ari didn't give you a coach on one right away, did he? Oh, God, no. I, I think I couldn't even bend my knees in those days, you know, even five <laughs> years after I played. Um, I just I just nod and say, yes, sir, yes, sir. But I don't even remember what he wanted, but just hearing my name and that voice just freaked me out. But anyway, <laughs> even Lori at Corbelli. this age. Lori Corbelli is the head coach at Texas A&M. They are in the SEC. They have been since 2012. They picked off USC and USD. It's a lot of initials there, Jeremy. University uh, of San Diego this past week. You guys are now number 21 in the ABCA yeah. coaches poll. Good luck this the rest of this season. Uh, maybe you guys will get an SEC title this year, Lori. You guys. You never know. You know, Florida. <laughs> Florida is pretty darn strong, and yet at the same time, hey, you just got to get out there and get it done as a team. So we'll see what happens. Awesome. Well, congratulations on this past week, and good luck the rest of this week. Thanks for joining us. And thanks for having me. I sure loved it. All right, fantastic. Uh, Lori Corbelli, head coach at Texas A&M. You can see them in action this week. They will be at College Station with a, well, it's a four-match homestand, but three coming up quickly, Friday, Saturday, and Monday. They're playing Florida State twice, and they'll play uh, Corpus Christi it looks like according to their schedule. So Friday, Saturday, and Monday. Are you old enough to know what those shorts were she was talking about? Oh, yeah, Buns? I don't know. You've never seen Buns? Probably. I just, maybe it's the name. Some teams ought to go retro. They ought to go retro and wear Buns. Like when Lauren Fendrick and Brittany Hochaber in Cincinnati last year wore onesies? Yeah. That was awesome. Literally like that. No, they should definitely go Buns for Is Buns the brand? No, no, no. No, it, it is, it's, not even hot pants. You know how hot pants go straight across? Yeah. When you're wearing hot pants? Yeah. Well, not you, but well, yes. if, if yeah, someone around put, you were to wear hot pants. I could pull hot pants off. 
Okay. <laughs> Instead of going around there, they come up and around. It's almost like a swimsuit bottom, oh, except yeah, with the yeah. jersey top. Gotcha. You've seen old photos of this, right? I'm sure. Yeah. I think a team ought to go retro. Just have retro just night. Just see what happens. Yeah, go retro night. Go long sleeves and bun. Buns. That's the retro look. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Uh, big thanks to Lori Corbelli for joining us. And, yeah, if you don't know, 84 silver medalist, six years on the national team, played in the, the Major League Volleyball with the San Jose Gold Diggers. I didn't get a chance to ask her if, uh, if her husband John comes from money, if that was a fictional name dealt with mining or, called, gotcha. or was the women seeking. I'm going to go out on the, uh, the mining <laughs> limb, but that's just me. I, I just say that. But they, they have not won an SEC title. Maybe this year is their year. Maybe. We'll have to see. Good start for them. Very good. Very good. They pick off a couple of good teams. That's, uh, and they're number 21, so we'll see if they can continue to rise in the rankings. They have an interesting upcoming schedule as they start conference play. Auburn, Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Arkansas, South Carolina, Georgia. If you don't know who's in the SEC, uh, maybe now you do. Been in the tournament three years running. They have. Good interview by you too, Kevin. Oh, thank you. I mean, she was obviously fantastic. but uh, It's always good to do a little bit of research. Yeah, good work by you. A little bit of research. Uh, I don't. I don't think we have any anywhere else to go here, Jeremy, on this show, other than out. I'll see you Thursday night at uh, the Suicide Door show, right? Get your tickets. Silver Lake. Nope. Don't I, have, I have tickets to buy yet. tickets. Yes, Kevin. I have to buy a ticket. Everybody, Nicole, buy a ticket. If Nicole has to buy a ticket, you have to buy a ticket. Can I carpool with Nicole? You'd have to ask her. Oh, Jesus! I buy a ticket. I'm not. I'm with the band. No, you're not. Nicole and I are with the band. Nicole is with the band. You are not. <laughs> <laughs> I, could, though, I could be seeing Cam Green on the side. You could be. Don't tell Revel. He's handsome. I will let Cam know that tonight when we have rehearsal. (laughs) He's handsome. I could be seeing him. He's got to get me in. Hi, I'm with with Cam. I'm I'm tall. I'm a volleyball player. (laughs) I should get in for free. Friend friend of Cam. That'll be my t-shirt. Friend of Cam. Perfect. (laughs) I think you can afford uh, $12, Kevin. (laughs) Damn it, $12. bucks. All right, I will part with my $12, and I will spend my Thursday night. You're going to go in at 10, right? Yep. Okay, I'm going to leave here a little later. Come 10? and drive up. No. <laughs> I'll leave here at 10.15. I'll be there by the end of the... No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be up uh, a little bit later. My plan was to shop Silver Lake, because you haven't been to Silver Lake. They have some cool, quirky, neat stores in Silver Lake. I would love to just roam the streets, picking yep. out interior design ideas and decorations. Um, but for the volleyball fans who are not coming to the Suicide Door show Thursday night, uh-huh. the, the AVP... Oh, I'm going to get this right. AVP Beach. next... Up championship, which is the feeder type system. They are having their championships on Thursday in Huntington Beach, and then the main draw starts Friday. Okay. And it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The NVL is also in town this weekend in Hermosa Beach. So two HBs, different cities, different counties. Um, lots of volleyball action going on this weekend for those of you who are so inclined to come out and watch. It's supposed to be a nice weekend, Kevin, weather wise. Not going to be as hot. You were claiming humid, it might though. be as humid. Not going to be as hot, so if you'd like to come say hello to me and make music request in Huntington Beach, I will be there. I may not play your song that you request, but I will be there. But you might. Dave Matthews Band? Nah, that was just more for fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I will be doing Friday Night Football here for Fox Sports West. If you turn on your TV at 7 o'clock on Prime Ticket right now, you will find me on Friday evenings doing a whole host of high school football coverage. And I actually begin my week shortly, or begin my year, I should say, shortly with Pac-12 and ESPNU doing their matches Awesome, coming up. So I have Arizona, Arizona State at Arizona coming up in a week's time, I believe, next so you start Wednesday. Traveling again soon. 
Yeah, I got a little travel coming up, so I'll get a little bit busier, and that may mean the show gets worse. I don't know. <laughs> or it could get better because I'll have more information. More coaches I will have. I'll just say it because I'm sure other people thought it. Could it really get worse? <laughs> wait, wait. I don't, wait, I don't know. Wait. I think we all have an example. <laughs> I think we've all seen an example of how volleyball announcing could get worse. That is correct. So thank your lucky stars that I'm sitting in the home court right now. Yeah, we're with you. From I did not get to see any of it, unfortunately. But apparently, from what I've heard, we are a plus oh, plus. Jeremy compared. Jeremy, uh, if you did it, Mystery Science Theater three thousand, it would, that would be, be way better. I heard people were watching it on mute because they couldn't. Yes, it's just too much. Some of it was comical. And look again, I, I can't. It depends on what your type of comedy is. Correct. I can't get into it. I, I apologize. Yes. I'm glad that nope. I'm glad nope. our team was on TV. Yep. So we're gonna leave it at that. Yep. We're going to leave it at that mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Six Day Closing. Thank you to Volleyball Magazine for hosting us, and thank you to the ABCA for supporting College of Volleyball Weekly. Thanks to Brandon Rosenthal for calling in. Huge thanks to Lori Corbelli, and a good luck down there at Texas A&M. Maybe we'll see them come tournament time. wonder how the Aggies will do in the new mascot challenge. That will be they got to have a gun or something, don't they? Pitchfork? Pitchfork, maybe. An Aggie? It's an Ag school. Well, I guess we'll find out when we do the uh, mascot challenge. We will. Thanks for being here, Jeremy. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks to you, the listener. We will see you next week with another episode of The Net Live. That'll do it. Get out and play some volleyball, people. Wait till it cools off here, though. It's brutal. Brutal. Only the top four teams make it to the championship round. But who will celebrate the ultimate victory at the NCAA Women's Volleyball Championship? Be there up close to take in all the exciting action. Right back at it. And the best way to see it is to experience it live. At the 2014 NCAA Women's Volleyball Championship, December 18th and 20th at Chesapeake Energy Arena in Oklahoma City. Affordable tickets available. Go online at NCAA.com slash volleyball and reserve your seats today. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh, oh, oh,